0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity Readiness podcast series with Dr. Dave Chatterjee. Dr. Chatterjee is the author of Cybersecurity Readiness, a Holistic and High Performance Approach, a recently published book by Sage Publishing. He has been studying cybersecurity for over a decade, authored and edited scholarly papers, delivered talks, conducted webinars and shops, consulted with companies, and served on a cybersecurity SWAT team with Chief Information Security Officers. Dr. Chatterjee is an Associate Professor of Management Information Systems at the Terry College of Business, the University of Georgia, and Visiting Professor at Duke University's Pratt School of Engineering.
1: I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Rohit Verma, Chief Executive Officer of Crawford & Company. Crawford & Company is the largest publicly listed independent provider of claims management and outsourcing solutions with nearly 9,000 employees in over 70 countries around the world. Under Rohit's leadership, the company has made great progress. He has driven transformational growth, launched several innovative solutions, captured new business, and created an imperative for client centricity. In our discussion today, Rohit and I will talk about the role of top management in cybersecurity governance. To set the stage, I'd like to refer to a 2018 ISACA report that emphasizes the need for senior leadership to serve as champions and evangelists for cybersecurity preparedness. The report states, organizations with successful cybersecurity cultures tend to have C-suite executives who reinforce behavioral norms when they lead by example. They appoint or become a senior level champion, participate in town hall discussions, allocate budgetary support, hire consultants, and do the research to assess the enterprise's risk and capabilities. With that in mind, I'd like to ask you, Rohit, what, according to you, should be the nature and extent of top management involvement in cybersecurity preparedness.
2: First of all, Dr. Chatterjee, let me thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. It's an absolute pleasure, and uh, really to be with you, who has uh, written a tremendous book on this topic. So hopefully, I can be uh, insightful and helpful uh, to someone who is uh, the author of, uh, of one of the best-selling books in this space. So. I look forward to the discussion. Um, To answer your question, look, I always envision that as heads of household, um, we always try to make sure that our house is secure, our home is secure, whether that's um, me or my wife before going to bed, making sure all the doors are locked, making sure that uh, when the kids are going somewhere that they have their cell phones and are fully charged so we know that we can we can get in touch with them. Or any time one of us is traveling for work to make sure that there are no travel advisories in place that we should be aware of. And And we do that because our families, our homes are our protected assets. I think it's no different at work. As the chief executive officer of the company, it is my responsibility that our assets, which in our case would be our data, our information, um, our customer records, our employee records, are safe and secure. So I believe it is an important agenda item for any um, CEO who cares about the safety and well being of its employees, its customers, and the information related to them.
1: Pushing it a bit further, Despite the very best of precautions, despite making significant investments, you can never be 100% sure that your organization is immune from an attack. Given that reality, how do you approach cybersecurity readiness from a strategic standpoint?
2: Yeah, so cybersecurity readiness for us is, uh, is absolutely a strategic imperative. It's an imperative at the board level, and it's an imperative at an executive level. Our uh, cybersecurity officer, uh, our CISO, reports into our president, uh, who has responsibility for, uh, our president has responsibility for all of our technology and all of our international operations. Um, It is a regular agenda item at our board meeting, where our CISO presents to the audit committee. We do uh, an annual exercise, which we call our tabletop exercise, where we actually simulate Uh, a breach or a data incident and and go through the motions of if something were like that were to happen what would we do and then there's an ongoing dialogue on how do we continue to ensure ourselves or shore up ourselves against potential threats that are emerging you know you read about um, data incidents information security breach incidents every single day in no matter what journal you pick up uh, with some company or the other And the more well-known the company, the the stronger the assets it has, uh, the more prone it is to any kind of attack. So we are constantly monitoring this threat. Uh, We are very fortunate in having a very strong um, uh, CISO and, and a team behind our CISO, as well as we are very fortunate to work with some tremendous partners who keep us appraised of the information on what's happening around the world, what new threats are emerging, and what prevention mechanisms we need to put in place. So it's an important agenda item for us, and it keeps center stage in various forms, both at the board level as well as the executive leadership level.
1: Is there any particular cybersecurity performance metric or key performance indicator that you track as an organization? There isn't
2: one metric. In fact, um, we have a framework that we have developed which uh, basically assesses the cyber readiness that we have across various dimensions. We have uh, we have color coded that framework and sort of have a roadmap on that framework, and uh, and the CISO of working with our CIO is responsible for driving that in partnership with the business unit presidents as well as myself, and um, and we keep a close watch on how that framework is progressing against the roadmap that we've established. So there isn't one single metric we look at, but I would say it's a uh, it's a Portfolio of metrics that relate to that framework that we look
1: at. My next question relates to dealing with the human vulnerability to cyber attacks. Humans continue to be the biggest vulnerability and the primary target for the hackers. Some of the biggest breaches happened because individuals got compromised. It is not enough to have a team of cybersecurity professionals, we need to raise the level of cybersecurity awareness among all workers and at all levels. How does your organization strive to raise the cybersecurity knowledge and skill level among all employees?
2: Sure. Look, I'm a firm believer, um, Dr. Chatterjee, that people leave their homes in the morning wanting to do a great job at whatever they do. And uh nobody nobody wakes up in the morning saying, I want to go to work today so that I can screw up, right? Um so we believe that the most important thing to empower employees and help them be the best that they can be is to create a level of awareness in education and cyber as a topic is no different so we have put in place some very specific trainings on cyber uh so that there is a general level of awareness of people uh, whether that's around fishing whether that's around um uh, assets that we have, the precious assets that we have in terms of information. But then we also do a very regular assessment. So we often do mock phishing attacks where we would actually send phishing emails to pretty much everybody in the organization and then see how many, what percentage of people actually click on it and what percentage of people actually add their credentials. And this helps us assess what is the level of awareness? What is the level of alertness that our staff has? I'm proud to say that that uh, percentage has been reducing um, pretty much every single time that we've we've done that test and is lower than um, what we understand benchmarks to be based on what the partners we work with have shared with us. But then when we see someone who has uh, unfortunately clicked on a link once or twice during the attack, we then have a very targeted session um, with that group. And we help them see how they identify Incoming emails that may that could be phishing that could be phishing related attempts. We also do um, specialized training with users that we know have higher level of authority. So if there is someone in the finance and accounting department who has a high level of authority in terms of um, in, in in terms of um, cash that they can uh, that they can release or payments that they can release, or someone who has a high level authority in terms of uh, access rights that they have into our systems. Those individuals go through uh, a more specialized um, training uh, and awareness process, because those are probably points of vulnerability for us.
1: On a related note, have you all considered including metrics that tap into cybersecurity awareness, commitment, and performance as part of employee performance evaluation?
2: I don't know if there is a specific metric. I mean, it is cyber training is mandatory. Uh, we do track everybody who has undertaken the training and who's not. Whoever has not undertaken the training, their managers are supposed to enforce with them or understand what's holding them up from getting the training. But, uh, but I don't believe we have a specific performance management criteria purely on that. We have a performance management criteria on training itself. We want our people to, uh, to have a love for learning. We are in a professional services industry and at the end of the day people come to us because of our expertise so building expertise um, intellectual development of our talent is extremely important to us so we track that but not specifically on cyber
1: one of the reasons why many companies have suffered major breaches is because they haven't acted on intelligence that came their way in my book I talk about the importance of documentation, specifically how important it is for a company to document all the intelligence that comes their way, and more importantly, document their plan of action, even if the plan is not to act. Such transparency is an indicator of good cybersecurity governance and is likely to serve the company well in the court of law and public opinion. How does your company process the cyber intelligence they receive?
2: As I mentioned, we have a a chief information security officer who has a very, very good team that that backs uh, the CISO. We also have a chief um, privacy officer. And those two individuals work hand-in-hand in in making sure that, A, we have a complete understanding of all the assets, data assets that we have, uh, what kind of information is there, that they are tagged, And and then also are in constant touch with our with our partners, um, where we are looking at uh, either information that's happening, uh, incidents that are happening outside the organization, where we know that in our industry there is uh, uh, there are some targeted attacks, or we know that there in the geography that we're in there are some targeted attacks, as well as looking at um, the information that is coming in through our own logs and systems if we're seeing an increased activity uh, coming through a certain port to make sure we are taking actions that need to be taken, whether that action is to to ensure that we increase vigilance uh, in a certain geography or uh, on a certain kind of data assets, or it is engaging with our partners like, uh, like CrowdStrike to make sure that we are guarding against specific kind of attacks that we see emerging so all of that information is is um, constantly being reviewed and documented any incident that we see is very clearly we're an sec regulated company um, so any incident that we see uh, large small um, we we keep track of those things to make sure that um, you know a we learn from them and that b that we have a, a clear uh, trail of record
1: Often, courts find organizations to be grossly negligent in protecting sensitive data. How do you ensure that the different aspects of cybersecurity governance, whether it's training, communication, intelligence gathering, or backing up data, is being done well?
2: So I would say three things, right? First is creating the clarity that this is a high priority for the organization, which is being driven um, from the top of the organization, right? Board. The executive leadership team um, both are working hand in hand and driving this so people need to have that clarity right it can't be that i can tell everybody you need to do cyber training and then i don't do it myself right um so i'm very uh, open about it that look um you know I- i'm doing my cyber training because it's important and everybody else needs to do their training as well so i think first is sort of having that clarity that it is a priority and being driven um, from the top of the organization both the board and the executive leadership team Second is having the discipline on process. So we schedule our tabletop exercise. Um, everybody in the executive leadership team and uh, some members of the global senior management team have to be there for that exercise. Uh, it is uh, conducted by an external third party, which adds to the level of formality and objective objectiveness to it. Uh, so, so we do that. And then we have an incident response team right which uh which has been pre-constituted which is uh who are the individuals that are informed if there were to be an incident and then how does that incident response team react and work towards it um, is all preset so we're not going to figure that out once an incident has happened we've been very fortunate that we've not had to uh invoke that incident response team at a a level um, that has concerned us but nevertheless we we have that team and and it's ready to ready to react so I think those are the three things that, that we're doing, right, which is one, clarity, um, two, formality, and three, being prepared, right? So with those three things, um, it just helps clarify for everybody why this, is, why this is so
1: important. In a company like yours that is globally dispersed, it isn't easy to institute and manage cybersecurity initiatives. So what are some of the challenges you encounter doing that and how do you work through them?
2: So, you know, a company of our size, as you mentioned, right, we've got crown jewels in in various parts of the organization and um, we do have multi-country, multi multi, uh, or I would say very sophistication level based on country and operation So um, our CISO has responsibility, has overall responsibility for global security, right? So it's not just here in the U.S. or our top tier countries where we have the most revenue, it is for the entire world. They have a network of people that they work with, right, which is um, infrastructure individuals uh, that report into the CIO organization, and then the CISO has, uh, has their own team. And, and that group works together hand in hand to make sure that um, our information and data is is protected. Um, we do uh, we have made quite a bit of uh, advancements in our network structure as well as in our server technology to make sure that we don't have too much stuff which is disparate and um, and disaggregated and distributed across the world. Um, we're still working on, like I said, we have a roadmap. We're still working on some things that we want to accomplish, but. By having the ultimate accountability and responsibility with the CISO uh, and everybody else having clarity that that's where the ultimate accountability and responsibility lies, it sort of helps uh, to, to get resources together, to bring people together, to activate and then act on um, anything that needs to be done in the interest of cybersecurity for us.
1: Now talking about the Chief Information Security Officer, mm-hmm. CISO, A thought that came to mind was how do you empower the CISO function? This is a tough task. Often I say it is a thankless job. In the case of a hack or a breach, it is usually the CISO's head that rolls. How do you think an organization can best empower the CISO so they can operate as best as possible.
2: And, and look, I, I absolutely appreciate what you're saying, but I'm you know I would like to say that in our organization we certainly don't view or don't believe it to be a to believe a, a thankless job. We think it's a very essential um, part of our um, of our organization. We, like I said, um, the CISO reports directly to the president um, for our for our company, and uh, uh, and, and the CISO uh, has visibility right up to the board. As far as empowerment is concerned, um, this is something that we at Crawford have been driving two things, growth mindset and empowerment, right? Growth mindset is all about, uh, is all about making sure that you have an open mind that you believe that capabilities can be expanded and that there is, everybody has something to learn. So we've asked our CISO to be fully empowered and fully accountable to making sure that the company is protected. And um, that means whatever they need to get done for it, um, that they, they can and they can engage with the right resources. And by having direct reporting line into the president, that if they run into a roadblock, then they can really involve the senior management or executive leadership team of the company directly to take roadblocks off the road, right? Um, so if there is someone who says, um you know we're going to not abide by some security principles because a b or c client needs that then they have the capability to to invoke and have the president or me step in and say okay so if that's what the client wants who can have that conversation with the executive leadership of the client to make the client understand why this is does not make sense from a, a security standpoint for them and for us so uh you know a you create that by having the right organization structures which we've done that but then most importantly you do that by learned behavior right when people start to see that the CISO is empowered and the CISO is making decisions that need to be made in the interest of cybersecurity of the organization they start to see that the organization is serious about it and this is an empowerment as a word just on a piece of paper but this is empowerment in action.
1: It is very heartening to hear that you and your management team are committed to regular cybersecurity training. What advice do you have for senior leadership of other organizations who may not be as committed to regularly updating their cybersecurity knowledge levels? What would you say to them?
2: Well, I would go back to first starting with what I said earlier, right? Do you lock your house when you go somewhere? Do you lock your house when you go to bed? And if the answer is yes, then why won't you do that at work? And if you, if you imagine yourself that you were in your house and you didn't know how to use the lock and key, you would have asked someone to show that to you because you want to make sure that you're secure. Or if you buy a new alarm system in your house, you have someone show that to you so that you know how you can use it. So I don't know why that is any different from being at work. Um, but if that simple aspect doesn't appeal, then I think they just need to pick up um, you know, last three months of Wall Street Journal and just count the number of cyber incidents that have happened and how much um, those companies have been impacted. And, and you know, we're in this world now where not only do you have um, criminals who are going after your information, but, but we've heard about uh, you know, attacks which have been sponsored by governments. And, and I'm, I'm not here to opine on them. All I'm saying is there's enough press out there where uh, you are seeing attacks uh, on businesses, on, uh, on, on governmental organizations, um, and the cost of uh, of repairing is is pretty significant. So this is clearly where prevention is better than cure. Um, and and I just believe that uh, a lot of us uh, at the executive levels in the in the world today, just based on sheer demographics, are digital uh, immigrants and not digital natives. <clears throat> which means that a lot of this is new to us. And if we don't take the time to understand it, um, then you know, we would be uh, we would be naive to think that we know it all, and we would be naive to then uh, assume that our data, our assets, and uh, information about our employees and clients is protected.
1: Finally, is there any one thing or more that your organization does well from a cybersecurity standpoint? A sort of a best practice.
2: The best practice for us. Uh, That hopefully everybody is doing Um, but if not i'd like to share Uh, one is the visibility that our CISO enjoys within the organization and the board and then second uh, the sort of diligence with which we do our tabletop exercise um, every year um that level of preparedness that we go through uh, i think is is essential i mean uh, i think we're all familiar with examples where Uh, a cyber incident has happened and um, a large part of the um, company management was not even aware uh, for a period of time and took or took actions or or did things um, that that would not be looked upon in a favorable way both by public as well as uh, regulatory bodies so i think it's really important that um that kind of tabletop exercise that level of preparedness is done so that you can act and respond pretty quickly and decisively When an issue
1: like this happens, thank you. And in fact, uh, when you talked about, um, you know, um, it brought back memories of uh, reviewing case reports of um, of you know companies uh, having to deal Mm -hmm. with lawsuits after cyber attacks. And one of uh, you know two common complaints that were levied against companies one was just negligence, and the second was um, lack of transparency. Not communicating with the victims, uh, if not instantaneously, in time about the breach and what actions should be taken. It has happened where a certain company stayed, tried to stay under the radar, stay silent until they got breached a second time. So these things happen. Everything doesn't get reported. Some get reported. Um, well, so by I, way of. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just going to.
2: I apologize to interrupt you, but I think. To me, it's not just about the lawsuit, right? Because a lawsuit is a financial damage, and, you'll, uh, and you, in mm-hmm. you, know, most companies have some level of insurance, and and they'll get over that. But I think, to me, it's the damage of trust with your employees and your customers. Um, you know that leaves a lasting impression, right? Uh, my mom always said that if you uh, if you abuse your body, your body may forget. I mean, your mind may forget, but your body doesn't. And, um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, that's something that everybody needs to remember. And I just heard that again, somewhere. Uh, And I think business is like that, right? So yeah, you can, you know, things like, um, a financial hit, um, a lawsuit, those are, um, those are impacts on your income statement. And certainly they hurt, but, but you can get over them. If the, if the company is overall in a sound business, sound business shape and, has a good balance sheet, but the trust that you break with your employees and clients, I just think that that is very hard to win. If they believe that you did not do everything that was in your power to prevent this, or you were negligent on this, or you were, um, uh, you know, that you took it too casually, I just think you break that trust, which is very hard to win
1: back. Uh, You know, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, that reminds me of something that I say a lot is, uh, you know, again, going back to a court of law, if that's where you have to be as a company defending yourself, the least you can, you should be able to say that we've done everything within our abilities and our awareness to ensure that we protect data. So from our end, we have left no stone unturned. And we have done this with or without being required to do so because we are genuinely committed and that level of genuine commitment comes through, like you said, uh, employees and other stakeholders uh, can immediately relate to it. They can connect to it. And there is an element of authenticity that comes through when a company portrays itself that way, that we've done everything that we could, but despite that, we got breached. Uh, you know, that's tough. But, uh, and, and it seems that you're echoing the same sentiment here. So that's that's really good to hear. Well, Rohit, I really appreciate your time. If you have any final words for our listeners, uh, this is the time.
2: Well, first of all, thank you again for the opportunity. I think my final words uh, for for the listeners is this is a real threat. You have to take it seriously, and preparation can actually help. I've also heard from some people who who tell me that you know one part of their business or one part of their infrastructure may have um, some things that that may be some things that are deficient. And I I always tell them, look, if your window is broken, that doesn't mean you leave your door open too, right? So, um, yes, every business has things that they need to work on. Every business has aspects of their infrastructure that may be legacy or dated, which needs work, time, capital. Um, But don't let that be the reason to be not prepared well.
1: Well, thank you very much, Rohit, for your time. We appreciate you coming in and talking to me. And uh, Thank you. Thanks again. A special thanks to Rohit for his time and insights. If you like what you heard, please leave the podcast a rating and share it with your network and also subscribe to the show. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.
0: The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance only. The discussants assume no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis, with no guarantee of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. The opinions and recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the discussants and not of any organization.